All right, Genesis 13, and we'll read verses 1 through 13. Say this in the Word of God. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram and had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Let's pray together. Lord, again, we thank you for your grace, and Lord, uh, we thank you for uh, blessing the funeral and the memory of the sergeants and mother, and we just pray you continue to be with them, and uh, be with the family that's come in, and Lord, we thank you for their testimony concerning their mother and just help them as they try to be an encouragement to those that came in for the funeral to be a testimony for Christ before them and the things that they have yet to do. Lord, again, we thank of those that are still sick among us. Lord, we pray for Sister Judy tonight with the vertigo and then the heart situation and Sister Betty as well. And we pray for Don and Donna. And uh, Lord, just uh, many people have physical needs tonight. Lord, please, we ask you to touch them. And Lord, thank you for these that have been uh, faithful uh, to come tonight, faithful to listen in. Lord, we thank you those that had to work late tonight. Please uh, be with them as they, uh, Lord, have had a long day and uh, help them with what they need to finish up as well. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this thought tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So. I thought I want to look at tonight is, you know, uh, dealing with people. I think one of the most important things you can learn in life, and I talk about it a lot and try to share it with others, is uh, having uh, people skills or what I might call learning interpersonal relation uh, skills. You know, I think it's one of the best things anyone can learn. I think uh, the younger, uh, the younger, the better, the learner. The, the sooner you learn to how, to how to deal with people, work with people and relate to people, I think that's a good thing. And uh, let me give you just a, a quick uh, definition of uh, people skills or interpersonal skills are the set of skills we use, of course, to interact and communicate with others. That's an important thing. And, of course, we uh, demonstrate such skills whenever we, we, we engage uh, with people around us. And, of course, they uh, determine our ability or how well we can uh, build relationships, how well we can uh, work with others, and having, uh, of course, uh, it's good to know that having strong interpersonal skills, well, they can help you if you're looking for a job on an interview or, uh, you know, to build productive, long-lasting relationships, you know, uh, uh, friendships or other types of relationships in personal and the professional life. 
And so, of course, as believers, as believers, uh, I should certainly make the effort to have good interpersonal skills. And I've mentioned that a lot about people in the, the ministry, you know, I've dealt with a lot of people there. They're in, in the ministry, but, uh, you know, their, their uh, skills are, are lacking, if you will. And so even uh, a lot of believers don't have uh, uh, many good uh, uh, personal skills. You know, they'll go to give somebody a track and the person doesn't take it, the person wads it down, throws it down. Well, well, forget you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you deserve wherever you end up. Anyways, I'm like, well, that is not a good way for a Christian to, to, uh, uh, to act just because somebody rejects a track or throws it down or whatever the case might be. So I think in, in these verses, it's a good starting point, but Abraham sets a, a good example in some of these things in dealing with, uh, dealing with Lot here. So, of course, we know Abraham was down in Egypt, and then he, he comes back up, and it says in verse 3, And he went on his journeys from south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai. And uh, notice verse 4, it says, Unto the place of the altar under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. And of course, if we're going to know how to have right words with people and know how to talk with people properly and all those things, well, it begins, of course, we know with having a right heart. And so it says Abraham built an altar. And so it's important for us as believers to, you might say, keep the altar hot in our relationship with the Lord. And so if you look down at verse uh, 8, where he begins to uh, talk with Lot, it says, And Abraham said unto Lot, notice these words, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. Let there be no strife between me and thee. You know, this would, uh, would be a worthwhile motto uh, to put in our homes and, uh, and places we serve. You know, a lot of times in, in our home, most people have what? What, what verse do most people hang in their home if they're going to hang a verse for the family. What, what verse do you see in a lot of homes? Yes, David. Right. A lot of people put that one up. Well, this would be a good verse to put up. This would be a good uh, verse to put up too, because uh, uh, that'll help you. All right. Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between uh, me and thee. That'd be a good uh, Bible verse to have in the home or, or uh, maybe in a, a place to keep up in your office at work or something as well. So, you know, verse Four, talks us how to have a right heart as staying before the Lord at the uh, altar, that place of prayer. And then, of course, that'll help you have a right attitude. Now, remember, uh, Abraham, of course, we know was the senior here. Uh, he should have been, uh, you know, the one that, uh, you know, he would have had a right to be a little bit maybe in one sense, standoffish with their customs and everything about, you know, being the head of the, the you know, the patriarch for the, the, the family and uh, being the elder and all, the, all these things. He certainly would have had a right to command uh, a, certain, a certain respect there. But again, it says, Abraham said a lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and between my herdmen, thy herdmen. Look at this, for we be brethren. And so I think he's saying to him, you know, uh, let our let 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 our bond let our bond between us be greater in keeping us together. Let the bond between us be greater in keeping us together than any battle that could separate us. And we need to remember that as a, as a family and as as a brothers and sisters in the church that the bond that we have as a family and as the family of God should be stronger than anything the devil will try to bring in to separate us. And so he goes on to say in verse 9, Is not the whole land before thee? 
Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And you see Abraham's graciousness and humility in dealing with Lot here. He just shows such graciousness and humility. He says, hey, listen, you want to go that way? Fine. I don't care. Take it. Then I'll go this way. Or you like that way? Fine. Doesn't matter to me. Then I'll take that. I mean, uh, you see great uh, graciousness in his negotiating there. You know, Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So we see a good example of that with Abraham. Of course, that word salt and that word grace, right? Words that, uh, you know, we think salt is a preserver. Well, think of words that will help preserve uh, that relationship. Amen? Not just... uh, uh, saying, well, you know, I'm the leader. I deserve this. I deserve that. Well, you know, Abraham could have came in with that attitude, but he showed much graciousness and much humility, right? And used words that preserved the relationship and that would, would build up instead of tear down, you know, uh, in, 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 in dealing with people and especially children. You know, we should never tell people, again, especially children, well, you know, you're stupid. You can't do anything right. Uh, why can't you be like this person? I'm sure Abraham could have went and talked a lot. That, Man, what's the matter with you? You know, I bring you all the way out here and, uh, you know, uh, you don't show me any respect. Man, can't you do anything right? Every time I turn around, there's an issue with you. You know, uh, that's how some people talk. He could have, listen, he probably in one sense might have had a right to talk to him that way, but that's not the way that he entered the situation. You know, Acts 1.14, we see uh, uh, the, the, uh, the apostles and the, the, those that 120, of course, before Pentecost. But it says this in Acts 1.14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. You know, having a desire and making the effort, you know, that didn't come automatically. They had that desire to be in one accord and they were willing to make the effort. Listen, uh, being in one accord as a family, being one accord as a church or being in one accord with people you work with or other relationships you have, it's going to take an effort. You have to make a conscious effort, just like they made a conscious effort to meet together. They made a conscious effort to pray together and do things that would keep them in one accord. And so being in one accord in relationships has a lot to do. Uh, with one's uh, temperament and mindset. And of course, you keep that right by having uh, working on your relationship, keeping that altar hot, as we say. Over in James chapter 3, James chapter uh, 3, if you want to turn there and uh, these words here in James 3, uh, beginning of verse 13, James 3, beginning in verse 13, we read this. Who is a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you. Well, that's a good question. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Well, here's one way to find out. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness. Notice that. With meekness of wisdom. With meekness of wisdom. Remember, again, meekness does not mean weakness. But if he have better envying, and strife in your hearts. There's that word strife again. Glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom this descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, notice here, 
Boy, it's good. It's easy to tell. Look in the Bible and say, well, you know, hey, look how you reacted to that situation. Look how you dealt with that person. Look how you interacted over there. You can see uh, where you were getting your guidance from inside, where your wisdom was coming from. But the wisdom that's from above is, look, it's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. Easy to be entreated. Notice that statement. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Those verses 14 of people, people with a spirit of bitterness, people with a spirit of envy, strife and the like are carnal and devilish. You notice, you know, people like that, man, it just seems like, boy, just, just the slightest word, they're, they're ready to jump on you. Just the slightest word, boy, they're ready to get in your face. Just the uh, slightest word, uh, they're going to they're gonna get angry. Well, you know, that's not of the Lord. But verses 17 and 18, notice, people with wisdom and a right attitude in situations, right? That is, people that are controlled by the Word of God and the Spirit of God in their uh, temperament and in their actions. Well, how do they respond? Well, they'll have gentleness. They'll have pureness in their desire. Listen, they don't want just what they want, you know. Uh, Abraham wasn't just about what he wanted or he went about what Lot wanted. He's like, well, hey, you know, hey, how can we deal with this properly? How can we deal, this, deal with this, as you'll see? How can we deal with this and be a good witness to others? How can we deal, deal with this properly? And uh, the Lord get glory. How can we deal with this? And, and uh, though maybe we can't live together, we can still move forward together in our relationship. You see, they have gentleness, pureness in their desire, will be peaceable, easy to be entreated. They're approachable, you know, uh, they're approachable. You don't have to be, you, you have anyone uh, uh, that you know that, you know, you get kind of nervous when you're thinking about uh, you work with anybody or you have anybody in your family that you get kind of nervous when you have to go talk to them about something. Right, you get kind of nervous when you have to talk to them, wondering uh, which side of them you're gonna, which side of them you're gonna uh, uh, get that day. Well, no, no doubt Abraham was such a man. He was, he was approachable. He was someone easy to be entreated. I don't think Lot had to be nervous. Well, I got to go talk to Uncle Abraham about something. Ugh. I don't think he felt that way. You know, I think he he knew that. You know, Abraham wanted the best. Uh, for him, like he wanted all the best for all those around him, and that he could come at him and talk about. Man, being a per- person that's approachable, right? As parents, we want to be approachable. We don't want our children to be, you know, want them to show respect. But a, a, a child should not be nervous about going to talk to their parent about uh, uh, something. Now, there may be something come up that they don't want to have to talk to them about, but still, they should know that, hey, listen, you know, I wish I didn't have to talk to my parent about this, but at least I know. Uh, though, uh, you know, mom or dad might be not be the happiest thing in talking about this, but at least I know that, hey, I can talk to them. Uh, they're going to be fair. They're going to be honest. They care about me. Uh, they love me. Boy, our children should always know that no matter what's going on in their life, they can approach their parents. And uh, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we should know that, hey, you know, we can approach one another as brothers, sisters in the Lord. You know, I hope that, you know, uh, uh, you know, I hope I come across as approachable. I hope there's nobody that, that feels like you know, they'd be nervous in, uh, in uh, uh, coming to talk to me or something like that. That'd be terrible to uh, be a part of a church where, you know, uh, you didn't feel like you could just go knock on the pastor's door. You felt like you'd just go call the pastor or, or somebody uh, in leadership, you know, wasn't uh, 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 approachable. 
Man, I always, always let people know that, hey, listen, we're here to help you and not, we're approachable. And we want you to know that, hey, you can always contact us because strife tears relationships apart. Note, the strife came. Now, you see, why did the strife come there between Abraham and Lot? What's kind of interesting is the strife came really not because somebody uh, did something wrong. The strife came because they were both blessed. You know, I got looking this, you know, uh, uh, Lot was blessed. Abraham was blessed. Well, you know what? Not everyone can handle success. <laughs> not that you sort of see that, the difference between Lot and Abraham. Not everyone can handle success. Maybe that's why uh, uh, God knows that and he holds, uh, holds back on uh, blessing some people financially for whatever reason in some areas. Not everybody can handle that because you see Abraham, even though he was blessed, he still had a humble heart about things. He still had a right spirit about things. But it seems like Lot uh, sort of got a, a pride, and I don't know, we might use the term, the, the, the big head, as, as they say, but he had a different spirit about it. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says this, talking about in dealing with people and in your relationship with people. Let nothing be done through strife, there it is again, or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, uh, Abraham showed the spirit. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's how Abraham approached Lot. Hey, he wouldn't just say, hey, listen, I got all this cattle. I got all these things and your herdmen, uh, they're over there uh, messing up with my herdmen and stuff. And listen, I'm not going to put up with that. No, he said, listen, uh, you, you've been blessed. I want you to be able to go over here and have enough room for you and have enough room for me. And, and we can both enjoy uh, the blessings that God's given us. And right, Abraham just didn't care about what God had blessed him with. He cared about uh, a lot as well. And he showed that spirit. That word it means, notice verse Philippians 2, 3 says, let each esteem other, esteem other. That means to set a high value on. In other words, it's not all about you. You care about what's going on in that person's life. You care about what benefits that person. You care about how you can be used to, 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 to build that person up and help them move forward in their life. You set a high value on that person and what's going on in their life. James 2.23 says this, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now we talk, know that's talking about when he got saved, and he was called the friend of God. Well, think about that. Think about how God treated us, how God treated Abraham. You know, right? you know if God will be a friend and friendly to somebody like us, look at, that, look at God's interrelationship skills with us. I think he does a pretty good job. And if he's willing to have that type of uh, 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 relationship skills, if you will, with us, who are we to look down on anybody else and not have a desire to have proper relationships and proper skills with others? Now, if you look in here, who took the initiative? Again, Abraham was the senior. Abraham was the patriarch for the family. But he didn't wait for Lot to come to him. He didn't send one of his servants. Well, you know, uh, you tell a Lot to come here. I have a few things to say to him. Abraham, even though he, had the, he was the leader and he uh, was the senior, he's the one that took the initiative. He's the one that took the initiative. It's important, I think it's important to learn to be the first in relationships, willing to be the first, no matter your uh, position to be the first in relationships. When there's an issue, and the Bible teaches that, when there's an issue, be the first to try and reconcile. 
be the first to try and approach somebody and get that thing right. Well, the Bible teaches that in the New Testament, doesn't it? Boy, if you know your brother has odd against you or you have odd against your brother, hey, don't wait for them. Hey, be the first to initiate. Initiate means to be the first to act. That's what you, you want to be known as. It's good to be known to somebody that's the first one to act. Hey, when there's something to get right, hey, I'm going to be the first one to make that effort. I'm going to be the first one to put out my hand. I'm going to be the first one uh, to uh, uh, initiate this thing. Initiative. That means to do something independent of outside influence or control. In other words, not because somebody made you do that, right? You had a willing heart to have, say, I want to have a right relationship with this person or I want to handle this situation right, right? Be known to others as an initiator, not just when things are wrong, but in any relationship. Hey, hey when, 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 when somebody's coming in the door, hey, when somebody's coming to the church, hey, I want to be the first one to say hi. I want to be the first one to walk up and shake that hand. I want to be the first one to, to, to uh, welcome. You know, everybody should want to be uh, uh, an, an initiator. Don't wait for somebody to come up to you. Hey, when you go into work, you ought to be that way. Hey, walk in and, and try and greet people. You know, uh, there's a, there's, there's, anybody know what the 30-second rule is? Anybody ever hear of the 30-second rule? I think that's a great thing to know uh, at work and as a believer. When you, that means when you meet people, the 30-second rule means when you meet people or when you go into work, especially if you're a leader, right, Within 30 seconds, try to think of something nice to the person you're greeting or walk up to somebody and try to say something nice within 30 seconds to encourage them, amen, to maybe give them a little something uh, for that day. So be known as an initiator. When people are around, be the first to say hi. Be the first to welcome. Be the first to invite. Be the first one to show interest. You know, everybody, you know, we're, we're, we're independent Baptists, but we should also be initiating Baptists, right? Uh, be be uh, willing to go up and known as a friendly people and uh, be quick to initiate interest in other people and have relationships with people. Because notice it said there, uh, it, it said there that what? Who lived in that land? The Canaanite and the Parasite lived in that. Look at verse 7. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Parasite dwelt in the land. And so what's that mean? There were lost people around them. Anybody here work around lost people? Anybody around here? Yeah, live around lost people. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah, everybody does. So there's a lost world watching how you interact with people, not just how you interact with believers, but maybe you're dealing with a neighbor in your neighborhood. Maybe you're dealing with a, a coworker. Maybe you're dealing with uh, a, somebody else uh, in the family. People are watching how you react in that situation, how you, uh, if you're the initiator, if you're the one showing the right spirit, if you're the one dealing with things in a right way with a good heart and with good words. Abraham, now think about this. Abraham, now we think of Father Abraham, right? I mean, everybody knows about Father, Ham, Father Abraham, the father of faith. And now Abraham had a great calling, a great responsibility was given to him by God. We know Genesis 12, 1 through 4, but I'll just read verse 3. 
The Lord says this about Abraham in verse 3 of Genesis 12. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Boy, this is where we see uh, uh, the route that God's going to take in bringing Jesus Christ in the world is narrowed down, right, to Abraham and narrowed down. Uh, he's the first one to be called a Hebrew. He's the first one to be called a Hebrew. So Abraham had a great responsibility given to him by God. But here's the thing. And so because he had a great calling from God, he had a great responsibility given to him by God. You know what? He didn't want to let lesser things, like this strife between him and Lot, he didn't want to let lesser things hinder his testimony or ability to be used by God. You know, it's amazing how many people, how many believers get caught up on lesser things, things that, you know, at the end of the day, in the scope of big things, don't really matter at the end of the day. Lesser things hinder their use for greater things for God. That happens with churches. God wants to move forward, but they get stuck or they get in a rut by what? Lesser things, things that at the end of the day, in the scope of our mission, in the scope of the great responsibility that God has given us, we let lesser things hold us back. And uh, that's how a lot of churches end up with us four and no more, right? They get, they, they get stuck on some lesser thing, and it hinders them from moving forward in the greater thing that God has called them to do. You know, Abraham had a great commitment to God, and we should have a great commitment to God. And so let me say this, a deep commitment to God should give you a deep commitment to resolving conflict. See, because I, want to, I have a deep commitment to God, I have a deep commitment to make not only my, sure my relationship is right with God, but my relationship with others and my interaction with others is right, right? I have a deep commitment to resolving conflict when it happens in my life. I have a deep commitment to building right relationships and with others in my life. I have a, I have a great commitment to reaching out to others, to being an initiator, right? I have a great commitment to keeping the right attitude and the right spirit. I'm committed to those things. Why, why do I have a a great commitment to deal with conflict if I have it with somebody else? Why do I have a great commitment to make sure I'm trying to build relationships with other people? Why do I have a great commitment of trying to keep a right spirit and a right attitude and being an initiator with people? Not just so uh, people think, oh, he's a nice guy, because it all flows from my great, hopefully, my great commitment to God. All those things Right, my love for people and all wanting to have good relations with people. Uh, listen, that's just I, that should just be an overflow because my first commitment is my deep commitment to God, and so the reason I want to have a deep relationship with others is because that's just an overflow, Amen, of my commitment to Him and wanting everything to be right. So one of the best things you can be known in in life and on a job I mentioned this before is a problem solver, a conflict solver. A relationship builder. Young people, that's what you want to be known as in life, right? Man, there's a guy, hey, if there's a conflict, hey, call him over here. Call her over here. Amen. He's good at uh, getting relationships right and helping people deal with things. He's good at building relationships with people. Amen. Uh, he, 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 he'll help you do things right. Ecclesiastes 10. Let me give you a couple verses from that real quick. 
looked at some verses from there last week, but Ecclesiastes 10, 4 says this, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. Now it says, leave not. Of course, the thought there is what? <laughs> Just don't rush off. Don't get emotional. Sit down. Don't go anywhere. Yielding means to keep calm amid tension and anger. Right? And that's a good thing to do. When conflict rises up, right, don't run on emotion. Learn to control your actions. Learn to control your spirit. Right? Learn to control your mouth. <laughs> that's the big one. Right? Learn to control your actions. Learn to control your spirit. Learn to control your mouth. And we see that with Abraham when the conflict came up. Proverbs 16, 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. You say, man, I wish I was known as a great soldier. Well, you can be known as something greater than a great soldier. Man, I think about, I love reading about war stories, how they, how they took that city, how they conquered that land. You know, we think, oh, man, I'd like to be another uh, Patton or, or, or one of those great generals. Well, hey, according to the Bible, you can be something greater than that by not controlling your army, but, but just learn to control yourself. You know, about your anger and, and dealing with things in the right spirit when things happen. Ecclesiastes 10, 12 says this, The words of a wise man's mouth, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow himself. Wise. In this context, it means one, one, one with skill and experience, one who's learned to speak properly. You say, man, hey, what do you want to learn? Well, hey, I'm going to learn how to speak properly. I want to learn in a relationship, in a situation. I want to know how to speak properly. I want to know how to talk properly and deal with things, uh, deal with things properly. Gracious, that means to show favor, grace, acceptance. It says this about Jesus in Luke 4, 22. And all bear witness of him. See, everybody's watching. All bear witness to him. Hey, the same thing could be said about you when you're dealing with something. Hey, all bear witness. Everybody around you is bearing witness to how you're dealing with things. And it says, and all bear witness and wonder, listen, at the gracious words which proceedeth out of his mouth. Hey, you want to be like Jesus? When you speak graciously, when you re speak respectfully toward others, when you handle things properly, yay, you're being like Jesus. <laughs> it says, speaking graciously. Proverbs 1.5 says this, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Boy, again, one of the greatest things you can be, notice that, a wise man will hear. Learn to be a good listener. Young people, one of the greatest things you can learn is how to be a good listener, right? Well, I still work on that. I still work on that, trying to, to be a good listener and being uh, attentive to people. Listen, boy, you just sit there and, and don't say much and just listen to people talk a lot of times. You know what? They'll walk away and say, man, I love talking to the, that person, man. They are just a great conversationalist, you know, and they're, they're, the, they're the ones, uh, they're, they're the ones uh, saying everything, right? You just say, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, just take your, if you wear glasses, you know. Man, they walk away. Oh, man, I could talk to that guy for hours. Man, she, every time I get with her, man, she is so wise. Yeah, you know, but in that house, you're just sat there and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and uh, listen to people. But listen, learn to be a good listener. Increase learning. Listen, commit to being a lifelong learner. Listen, 
I'm, I'm getting ready to turn uh, uh, 58. I know I should probably dye my hair. Brother Wood told me my hair looks getting a lot gray. He said, it used to be pepper. Man, now you're just totally salty. He said that to me yesterday. Can you believe that? Somebody flattened one of his tires. Graciously, graciously, right? But, you know, be, commit to, you know what I'm reading all the time? I, 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 I'm reading a couple different books right now. I finished one the other day, and as soon as I, as soon as I finish a book, I write inside the cover the date I finished it. I put it on the shelf, and then I immediately grab another one and, and start reading that. Be a lifelong learner. Always be teachable. Always be teachable. Attain. That word's attain. Seek to obtain good counsel. To be, listen, to be wise. You want to be wise? Well, to be wise, you must seek wise. Amen. <laughs> seek wise people. When I see people that make decisions without proper counsel, I get very concerned. You know, Matthew 12, 35 says this, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart. Look, a good man, this is a good verse to know, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Boy, keep good, keep good treasures in your heart by reading the word of God, by reading books, keep good things in your heart. It says what? Bringeth forth good things, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You want to be able to talk to people properly? You want to be able to give wise counsel? Man, fill your heart with those things. Keep good things in your heart to be able to pass on to others. Like the Apostle Paul, be a good student of God's word and good books. And good books. Listen, the other day, I had two people call me that needed some uh, 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 two friends of mine. One uh, went up in New York and one out in Colorado. Two friends of mine called me. They had something going on and they needed they needed some uh, a counsel. And, and I, 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 I gave I gave both of them some counsel. Right. And both of them said, wow, that's pretty good, man. Thanks, Jeff. Wow. You know what? Listen, I'm not that smart. I just read some good stuff in a book and I shared it with them. Right. Made me look smart. I'm not that smart. Hey, man, I just read a lot and hopefully pass it on to somebody else. You know, I didn't. Now, I didn't say, hey, read this book. I didn't tell them what book I was reading. I, I know, but I just said, hey, well, listen, really, I'm not that smart. I, I, I just read and I read that in a book and I thought that's what would re- help you out of that book. And then I'd read something from another book and I told them what I'd read in that book. Amen. I just read that stuff in a book, kept it in my heart. When somebody needed it, I shared it with them and it just happened to help somebody. Be a learner. So ask yourself, what book are you reading right now besides the Word of God? Anybody tell me what book they're reading right now? All right, I'm reading a book about the glories of the cross right now and a book about the five levels of leadership, two of the books I'm reading right now. Yes, Sister Sherry? The Chosen. The Chosen. All right. Somebody else? A book they're reading. Yes. Lectures to my students. That sounds like good. Where'd you get that book? Liar. Yes. The tragedy of compromise. Good. Somebody else. Yes, sister. Oh, nice. But it's got a good story. Yes. Revel in Romans. What is it? Revel in Romans. Oh, Revel in Romans. Is it about the book of Romans or? Yeah, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Good, 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 good. All right, as we finish up here, Job 6.24 says this. Teach me, Job 6.24, teach me and I will hold my tongue. And boy, that's something we have to be taught, isn't it? Boy, that's something I've had to 
learn and continually being taught how to hold my tongue. Knowing when not to speak can be just as important as knowing when to speak. Proverbs 17, 17, 27 says this, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Notice that word, spareth, to hold back, retain, restrain one's speech. We should pray, Lord, help me to speak the right words, but also at the right time, right, to know when to say those words and how to use those words. Well, knowing how to deal with people. People want to know, what do, they, what do people want to know? They want, they want to know you care about them. People want to know you care about them. People want to know, hey, can this guy help me? Can this person help me? Hey, you want to let them know that, hey, you care about them and you can help them because you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the word of God. You can help them. And can I trust you? And having those skills on how to do with people. And listen, I'm not talking about going up there and, and, and being a fake, but being real. You really care about them. You really want to help them. And you want them to really know that they can trust you because you care. Uh, uh, the other day I was talking to somebody and we were, we were, talk, we were talking about something and, and, and it was some scenario where he says to me, well, right, and, and then uh, where I greeted somebody. And then he says, well, when, when you walk away, are you really going to care if that person's having a good day? And I said, yes, I will really care if that person having a good day. He said, what? He said, most people say, well, no, I just said that because that's what you do. I said, well, not me. He was like shocked. I said, I told you, I really care about people. I said, if I say that to somebody, I really care if they're having a good day. But a lot of times, right, no matter where I'm calling, the first thing I do, even if I go, I say, hey, how are you doing today? Are you having a good day? And they're, oh, 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 oh yeah, oh, th thanks for asking. <laughs> you know, people really don't pay attention. So by being a good listener, you learn what people value. And then by learning what they value, you know how you can add value to them. Find out, amen, and if they say they have something, find out why they think the way they do. Listen, people may hear your words. People may hear your words, but you know what? They feel your attitude. They may hear your words, but they feel your attitude and if you really care. So as we finish up here, may the Lord help us as believers to have a spirit guided, right? Spirit guided and biblical interpersonal skills to always take the high road like Abraham did. He took the high road in that situation to put others before ourselves, to be good listeners and people concerned and people focused and to live consciously, to live consciously that our lives, our attitudes, our interactions are and realize that are always on display before the lost around us and to choose greater things over the lesser things. Amen. God's given us a great responsibility and don't let lesser things, amen, uh, get in the way. Abraham said, hey, listen, uh, listen, you know, these cattle important and my herdsmen important and all these things, but I'm going to go out here and deal with this because I don't want to let lesser things hinder the greater things, amen, that God has for me. Let's pray.